This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 80 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Back on Track with the generous support of Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Debbie McDonald in snowy Haley, Idaho. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Welcome back, Debbie. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. And you are in a very snowy Idaho. Is this early at the beginning of December to have any covering of snow up there, Deb? This actually, I have to say, is very unusual to have this much snow. I mean, we have a lot of snow. We've had like severe cold, cold weather, which, again, is very unusual for this time of year. So I don't know what that means the whole winter is going to be like. But I'm ready to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You're done with it. Have you been snowing and skiing, I should say, in the snow yet or not? Oh, no, I don't even ski anymore. So that's even more reason to get out. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be be hard for you with the horses up there. Tell us, how how many many feet of snow have you got? How high are you there? And how many horses do you have to deal with every day now, Deb? Well, we are pretty spoiled in the sense that our barn and our arena are connected. And everything is heated. But, I mean, heated is is, um, probably 50 degrees. Um, which feels quite good when it's like 21 below. <laughs> but um, we right now we have probably two feet of snow on the ground, which isn't too bad, but for this time of year that is unusual. Um, and uh, we have about 28 or 30 horses that we have here on the farm right now. So um, it's a busy day, and... Um, like I said, we're spoiled. It's not like we have to trudge through the the snow with all the horses, but um, it does make it kind. Of, it, it does get old because Bob does do a lot of the snow plowing, and and Reuben and a lot of the other people that live on the farm. And it, you know, they're up at at you know three o'clock in the morning some mornings just to get everything plowed so people can get in here and start their day. How high are you then up there? In, in, in you're you're in ha- ha- Haley, Idaho, aren't you? Where, where's your nearest? Yeah, yeah, Haley. Um, our elevation right here is five thousand, and um, and Sun Valley is six thousand, which is just ten miles north. And so we, but we get significant snowfall here. So when you're, if you have all those horses in work, and if you, and you just bring them obviously from the barn straight into the arena, so they don't have to go outdoors. The only time they go outdoors is we do have our hot walker is is not connected to the barn. It's just a pathway, but we have heated pavers, so the road never gets icy to the walker, and they do go outside for that short period of time walking that distance. You know, but um, that's still not very hard on them. Well, it's it's still pretty tough, isn't it? You know, when you have to struggle against the elements for everybody, you know, that's, uh, as you say, clearing the tracks and, you know, making it all accessible every day, especially you get a dumping of snow each night. 
I know, that's very true. And it does get old after about three nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not out there having snowball fights then? You've got over that? Yeah, no, I mean, Chrissy, who, who started working for us, you know, that was her big excitement was to see snow. And now I think she's even over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you may, maybe a little bit later on in the show, you can come up with a tip for uh, our listeners, Debbie, with all this uh, weather that we uh, expect coming into the winter now. No matter where you are in the western north, you know, there are places where you really have to be prepared for this weather. So maybe uh, between now and a little bit later on in the show, you can come up with a, one of you the useful tips. Sure. You probably got Absolutely. all kinds of tips. All right. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I also should warn you that by the end of the show, Deb, you're going to have to join the rest of your co-hosts here on the Dressage Radio Show with your favorite app or game, computer game. Because, you know, it's become a well-known fact here on the show that our co-hosts are really into the iPad and the iPhone apps, and they have certain favorite games that they play. So, well, you're going to find me unique because I don't have an iPhone or an iPad. <laughs> so, so, so we're going to find I know out. Everybody's trying to everybody's trying to convert me, and I'm about ready to make the switch. So, um, right now, I can't say I do, but. I will, and probably after Christmas, I'll, I'll tell you which one it would there be. There you go. There you go. Well, we're <laughs> going to find out what's on your Christmas wish list by the end of the show, Deb. Okay. okay. <laughs> Terrific. Well, you know, the top of the news, um, before we get to the news, I should say, uh, we should mention that our guest this week, Debbie, is Michelle Tipper. Michelle from England. She won the FEI Groom of the Year Award, which is a very prestigious award. And I was fortunate enough to catch up with Michelle, a very busy girl that she is, uh, a little bit earlier this week. And so she's going to uh, um, tell us what it's like to be uh, be carrying that prestigious uh, award around now as uh, and, and all that it involved going over to Chinese Taipei and uh, celebrating that award. That's a fantastic accolade for her. So we'll be hearing from Michelle a little bit later on. But before we get to the news this week, uh, we're going to hear from our presenting sponsor, Back on Track. I think Glenn has got some uh, product news for us from Back on Track. There's a company that we just love that offers products to improve lifestyle and mobility, and they have been the mainstay in European therapeutic therapies for many years. Plus, they are used and endorsed by many of the top dressage, eventing, and show jumping riders worldwide. We are talking about back on track, of course. If you're looking for a quality ho holiday gift for any horse lover that will truly benefit their horse, then look no further than any of Back on Track's products, including exercise boots, bell boots, saddle pads, sheets, and so much more. You can find all of their products at BackOnTrackProducts.com. That's BackOnTrackProducts.com. Or give them a call at 888-758-9836. That's 888-758-9836. Well, our news this week, Debbie, I think has to start with the news that Totalus is now officially going to be partnered with Germany's Alexander Matthias Rant. Debbie, where, did any surprise there? I mean, this had been rumored for a while. You know, I don't find that surprising. I think um, early on it was kind of leaked a little bit, and um, I, I thought that sounded like it was, it was going to be the case. Um, 
they definitely financially can do that. And um, I think Antitrin was very interested in keeping um, the family, you know, very involved and doing well in the sport. Well, as you mentioned, at Ken, Katrin Linsenhoff, now we, we learn from the press conference that was held there earlier this week, Deb, that they, uh, they are partners, actually, in the ownership of the horse. It's not actually divided between breeding rights and sports or riding rights. It's actually a co-ownership between Anne Katrin Linsenhoff, who is, of course, the stepmother of Alexander Matthias Rat. That, uh, that co-ownership is with, uh, of course, Paul Schockermuller, who bought the horse. So, you know, it's a it's a, an equal, I, I'm not sure if it's 50-50, Deb, but I know it's it's a shared partnership um, to to really, you know, ensure that that horse has a sound sound base and sound foundation and, of course, now will be representing Germany. I don't think there's any question about that. So, it, you know, it seems as though some people said, Deb, you know, it's like if you can't beat them, buy their horses. <laughs> Well, really, if you think about it, that's what's been been happening through the entire um, sport. I mean, really, that if you think about it, yep. I don't think anything's changed. It's just never been for this much money. <laughs> that that's right. It, you know, it hasn't been for this much money, certainly in this sport. But it, it's certainly been the case with horses in all the disciplines, hasn't it? I mean, not not least of all, you know, go back to the jumpers. The you know, back in the sixty fifties and sixties, when horses started crossing the Atlantic more and more. It, it's nothing. It's nothing new, but the stakes are higher. That's right. I mean, it, to be honest, when you get up to this this level in the sport, it's all about who can afford what, and that just was the case right here. You know, when you have a horse that becomes that valuable, you can't really uh, blame the owner that owns that horse. That uh, you know, they wouldn't sell it. I think that's just a good business person, and and at some point, it's not just about emotions anymore. It, it becomes a business. It certainly does, and you know, the terrific value as as a stallion too, as well as what he may do in the future as a competition horse. But you know, it has to be hard, Debbie. You know, we talked about this a little bit before. You know, when you were on the show, we had that special show about Totalus, if you remember, last time you were on. And we talked. We had lots of people's opinions from around the world. We talked a little bit about. You know, what that would be like as a rider to take over those reins? You know, I mean, I think um, there'd be a lot of different emotions. I'm sure the pressure is quite great, but excitement and um, I think all those other emotions have to come into play. I can't even imagine uh, having the opportunity to ride such an animal. And, and I mean, it's just, it's got to be a rush for him at the same time. On the same note, I think probably a ton of pressure, which he probably hasn't even begun to feel. I think that will probably come, you know, once he gets out. I think he's going to start showing um, outdoors next spring is what I understand. Uh And I would imagine, you know, once he gets to a competition and, you know, he's just going to have eyes on him from everywhere expecting so much that uh, you know, well, and people I know, and it's it is sad in some ways because instead of people looking at this and thinking, "Wow, you know, what a great job he might be doing," even though you know it it wasn't the horse that he made, um, there are a lot of people in the sport that are a little bit um, negative and and don't think in such a positive way and will look for just the bad things, and that's the, the part that I think is sad. 
Yes, that's true. And, you know, I think really, you know, to, we have to be good sports about this. You know, the horse is sold. He's got a new rider. And then let's, now let's wish them all the very best of luck to, to do the Absolutely. best they can as in that new partnership. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to think that way. It does nobody any good to think the other way. And, and I wish them all the best. I mean, it's a fabulous horse. And I would love to see him continue to be successful. Absolutely. Well, you know, talking about top points, of course, uh, Alexandra was in Stockholm this past weekend for the Remac FEI World Cup qualifier over there, Debbie, and that went to Adeline Cornelison with uh, Jerick Parsifal. They won that with 83.85, a great result for Adeline coming back for the first time since the World Games to uh, get back in the show ring there. This was actually her third consecutive win at Stockholm's World Cup qualifier. So a great win for there for her. The Dutch had it all their own way in Stockholm. Anki van Grunsen, of course, with IPS painted black. She came in second with 81.15 and said that apparently was one of her best tests she's ever done with him. So they're back in form after their little um, digression at uh, the World Equestrian Games when she went into the reigning arena instead of the dressage <laughs> arena. <laughs> right, right. Well, I think now, you know, I mean, uh, the fact that they have have lost Proteus, I think that you'll see uh, very much in the picture again. Well, in third place there, Totalus's previous rider, Edward Gull, he came in uh, third on 75.05 with Interfloor's next one. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Edward there, just back in the show ring again, really not missing a beat. And he uh, finished just ahead of uh, one of our other co-hosts here on the show here, Debbie, Patrick Kittles from Sweden. He uh, came in fourth with Watermill Scandic HBC on 74.75 and apparently was quite nervous, but... Uh, you know that that's a combination, and that we will we will hope to, he was as he has said on the show. You know, we really will hope to be improving all the time now, getting up in the seventies with this horse. So a good fourth place finish for him behind the Dutch, and then in fifth place, Alexander Matthias Rath, as I said, was out there for Germany with Sterntaler UNICEF on seventy four point four. He finished in fifth place. So a very hot contest there up in Stockholm. Yeah, sounds like it. I bet it was very exciting to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, so many of those riders will be heading for Olympia in London. That's the next leg of the 2010-2011 um, Remacra FEI World Cup Series. That takes place, uh, as I said, in London between uh, December 14th and 15th. And I know uh, Adeline is going there, and uh, that is always a very, very popular show there in the west of London. And uh, of course, Germany's um, Isabel Wirth, she actually won the first two legs of the series in Odense in Denmark and Lyon in France. But she didn't compete in Stockholm, but she still heads the leaderboard now going into that next round in Olympia. But she did actually uh, show in Stuttgart at the CDI Five Star uh, last week with Satchmo and stole the show over there. So she's, um, she's still, uh, you know, as competitive as ever, isn't she, Isabel? Oh, yeah. You would never be able to count her out. I tell you, as long as she's got a horse, she's going to be in there. Absolutely. Well, great competition over there. We will follow the Remac Crafty I World Cup series now as it uh, heads towards uh, uh, Olympia. You know, have you ever been to Olympia show in London, Deb? No, I have not. 
No, there's I not, it, not. You know, it, I, I imagine you know for Americans they would probably go to the um, mainland. You know, Europe, Europe mainland shows for the World Cup qualifiers. But um, the the Olympia show is really such a fun show. It's both uh, dressage and jumping and a lot of other fun things because it's so close to Christmas. Yeah, I bet it no. is. I bet it would be fabulous. It's a great show. It's been going for a very long time there, and it's organized uh, by Simon Brooks Ward, who does a terrific job. And he, of course, was the uh, instrumental in the organ in the opening ceremony of the World Equestrian Games, the Alltech FER World Equestrian Games. It took place in Kentucky in, Octo- in October, September, October. Uh, anyone who came over there will uh, have enjoyed that opening and closing ceremony, and Simon was uh, very involved with that too. So if you're heading towards Europe, and uh, certainly if you're in London for the Olympia, you'll have a great time. They they do a lot of fun things, you know, with the Shetland pony races and the fancy dress and costume. <laughs> and, uh, you really get into the Christmas spirit, spirit, Deb. That's good. I think that's fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, that about wraps up our news this week, Deb. We're going to take a short break to hear from our friends, Kentucky Performance Products. And when we come back, um, we're going to catch up with Michelle Tipper. Regular listeners to the show know that we love Kentucky Performance Products. And that's an easy thing to do because Kentucky Performance Products stand behind their products and they believe in them. Your complete satisfaction is guaranteed. If you are unsatisfied with any of their products, they will gladly refund your money. Does your horse or pony get fat on air alone? Is he living in a dry lot or turned out with a muzzle? Can't feed him more than a handful of grain and some hay? Then you need microphase. Microphase is a great way to ensure your horse or pony gets all of the nutrients he needs to stay healthy without adding calories to his diet. Microphase contains the vitamins and trace minerals not found in grass or hay, and your horse will eat it right out of your hand. You can learn more about Microphase and all of the products from Kentucky Performance Products by visiting kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Check out Microphase. Well, our thanks to Kentucky Performance Products and all our friends over there, Karen and her team in Versailles, Kentucky, loyal supporters of the, of the uh, Horse Radio Network. Well, as I said earlier, Michelle Tipper, who won the FBI Groom of the Year Award, she's a British girl, and uh, she has been grooming for quite a while. But before she became a professional groom, she was um, an, a dressage rider. She was very established as a dressage rider. So uh, she has won what is undoubtedly the most prestigious groom of the award for uh, the groom could possibly win. And she made her journey out to um, t- uh, Chinese Taipei for the, during the FEI General Assembly when those awards were presented. So I was able to catch up with uh, Michelle a little bit earlier this week and uh, hear what it was like to win that award. Well, Michelle, welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, brilliant. Thank you very much for inviting me. Well, first of all, a huge congratulations on that very prestigious title, FEI Best Groom Award. Has it sunk in yet? Yeah, it's finally sunk in sort of now I've got the award and sort of it's all been and done. It's sort of finally sunk in. It took a good, you know, two weeks of knowing and then actually being out there and meeting the people for it actually, you know, to sink in. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind for the last sort of two, three weeks. It's all finally sinking in now. I'm back home. Well, we know that you're a world traveller already, but you probably hadn't been to Chinese Taipei before and at such short notice. 
Yeah, no, I've never. I've, I was lucky enough to go out to Beijing for the Paralympics. Uh, never been to Taiwan. Uh, never been to Taipei. So yeah, for it to suddenly, I was expecting. Um, you know, when like my mum said, or the uh, Richard Johnson from the FBI's rung, um, you've won the award. I was like, okay, so you know, expecting it to be London, and then he sort of said Taipei. It was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. So a little bit of uh, last-minute planning. Did you have to go out and buy a dress and, 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 and whatever else you needed for your trip to uh, halfway across the world there or the other side of the world? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sort of known as being in sort of jogging bottoms and trousers working with the horses. So, you know, there was a major panic of, oh, dear, I need to have a dress now. <laughs> um, so Mum and I did a very quick shopping spree into London and we're rummaging around um, finding dresses. And you can guarantee the one time you want a long dress, it's short dresses that are in fashion. So I think it took us a good three or four hours to finally, you know, find dresses and that were appropriate, the right colour, the right length. So, yeah, so um, I did get much stick from um, wearing a dress because I'm normally seen in trousers well, or working around the horses, so abs- yeah, absolutely, it's a lot more practical than a dress. But I have to say, you looked absolutely stunning in the photos that we saw of you standing there on stage. You. Uh, you know, when you think back at that moment, there were you very nervous at the time to to receive such an award, Michelle? Yeah, we sort of sat just around the table with all the award winners before dinner, and we were like, okay, so we do do we have to curtsy? Do we have to, you know? to the princess because we weren't sure so we were all a bit sort of the nerves started running um as soon as we sat down we were fine beforehand and then all of a sudden it started and it was like ah okay (laughs) the nerves kicked in and then princess hire was absolutely lovely um you know we didn't have to curse we just had to like bow our heads and acknowledge the fact that she is a princess and you know she was so lovely and down to earth you know amazing lady so it was an honor to receive the award off her so when you got the call from the FEI, would you remember exactly where you were and how you got that call and how you received the news? Um, well, the gentleman, um, Richard at the FEI, rang my mum, and, and then mum rang me saying, OK, you've won an award for the FEI. So I was like, oh, brilliant, you know, what's that? Groom of the Year. Oh, fantastic, you know. Still wasn't really sinking in. And then uh, mum said, um, it's in Taipei. So I was like, yeah, you're having a laugh now. You know, you, okay, I, you know, I can take on board. Perhaps I've won the award. And I still wasn't sure whether she was joking or, you know, <laughs> whether the phone call was real to mum. So we were all a bit like, okay. And then we had to wait till the Monday for um, the gentleman's PA to ring us regarding flights. And then I think it felt a bit more real because we were booking flights with passports. And it was, you know, yeah, it was a bit of a funny phone call and funny sort of, 48 hours really <laughs> funny yeah absolutely it takes a while to for all that to just sink in and realize what you've achieved now let's put this in context uh, exactly where are you michelle in 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 england and where was you, where's your mother um we're based um i live with my mother at the moment okay. um, it, um i lost my dad 18 months ago so i moved in um with my mum just for a few months while you know we both got our sort of heads around things um so we're based near denham which is sort of by heathrow airport okay um so we're based sort of very conveniently by the airport so that was very handy at the time 
So did she travel with you or did you have to go on your yeah, own? Yeah, the FBI very kindly paid for her to come out as well. So, um, yeah, that was it was nice for her to be able to see because, you know, without um, my mum and dad's support, I wouldn't be sort of where I am now, really. So it was nice to her to see and get some of the recognition as well. Well, that must have been a very special family moment. And I want to go back to, to your career Michelle and how you got started because you were an, a young international dressage rider yourself weren't you as well I, I did read somewhere you played netball too so uh, yeah you, you're an all-round <laughs> sportswoman yeah I'm sort of a bit addicted to sport really if I'm pinned in an office for too long I go a bit crazy um it sort of started at the pony club really um I was bought a pony I was really lucky when I was sort of tiny eight nine and sort of went through the pony club ranks and sort of without the pony club I wouldn't be where I am now so from the pony club I was talent spotted um I borrowed my dad's dressage horse and was talent spotted on it and that was the sort of the last thing dad saw of the horse um I sort of <laughs> took it over um and from there rode for Britain at the in Ireland and then again at the home international here and then from there decided actually I wanted to carry on riding so I went to work for Nikki and Richard Barrett as their head girl. Um, and they basically moved into their brand new yard. So, you know, the three of us got the yard up and running. I was I travelled with Nikki um, to and from internationals. And then it got to the stage where I was out of young riders. And then you're talking sort of mega bucks to go internationally with, you know, a senior horse. Um, and the horse I had, you know, he was brilliant at Pre-St. George. He just didn't want to go any further. So I sold him to a lovely um, lady who took him on, had a brilliant home, and he loved doing what he was doing. And then I carried on with Nikki and went everywhere with her. And, you know, with Georgie OS, Nikki's Grand Prix horse, he gave us, you know, a really hard time. You just never know what he was going to do. Um, so to be with him from the bad times and then finally um, Nikki winning the national championships at Grand Prix was just, we sort of did a whole circle with him. Um, so that was lovely to go through the bad times and then, you know, obviously the brilliant times with him. So then sort of from there and I went back to university to get my degree. So still sort of working freelance um, for Nikki and different people um, and word of mouth. Um, I was asked to be head groom for the junior and young rider dressage European team. So I've done three of those now with them. Each year I go out with them and also now I'm working with the Paris. So I was very fortunate to go out to Beijing with Simon Lawrence and Ocean Diamond, who Derek, as he's known to all of us, is Derek. Um, he's grumpy, and if he's not grumpy, you know you're in trouble for the day. Um, <laughs> so then I've done the Paralympics with them, and I went out to the WEG this year with Sophie Wells and Emma Sheardown. Again, had a brilliant time, and it was lovely because Sophie Wells is the first um, para rider to ride able body at Europeans, and I looked after Pinocchio at both competitions. So that was lovely to be part of sort of I do the Europeans and a world with the same horse able-bodied and para so you know I've had a fantastic you know career up to now and I think I'm one of the only grooms that um with Nikki and Richard they both got their international uh, senior flags and I was the groom for both both of them so I think I'm one of the only grooms to have husband and wife both get their international flags um so you know I've had a fantastic career and you know, looking forward to hopefully, you know, London 2012. 
Well, that's fantastic. Now, um, you mentioned your pony club experience and how that set up your, your career. Michelle, which pony club was that? Um, Old Barclay Hunt North, uh, based in Hertfordshire. You know, I, the other day they threw a celebratory lunch for me with all the old instructors, which was, you know, a lovely, lovely thing for them to do. Um, you know, and without, like, grassroots like the pony clubs, I think people wouldn't be where they are, like the discipline of, you know, platting your own horse and getting better at doing it, not having mum and dad do it. Um, my mum and dad didn't do the platting, so it was a case of, well, if I didn't do it, it didn't get done. Um, and all the tutoring and working through your exams at Pony Club just gets you, you know, in the right mind to work with horses. And I think, you know, from that you learn it's not a nine-to-five job. Um, you know, you work all hours and you get out what you put in. Um, so, you know, without pony clubs, I think a lot of children would be lost um, and not know where to go from there. Well, it certainly does set up, set you up and is a wonderful foundation f- for sure. And you mentioned your, your parents actually had a horsey background. Your, your dad rode. You, men- you mentioned you stole yeah, it. Yeah, basically <laughs> what it happened is mum's terrified of them. Um, and basically what happened was when I got a little pony, dad got so sick and tired of walking with me that he brought his own horse to ride because he thought it was easier than walking, leading my pony for me. So he brought a lovely um, mare, um, who, you know, they lived together, the two horses, and we went from there, really. And then he got very much into the dressage and brought himself a young dressage horse, which I then suddenly borrowed for one competition for the Pony Club Championships. And that was sort of the last thing he really saw of the horse. And so he which, basically you know, stole the horse from him, didn't you? Michelle? Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it borrowed. Um, it, which, you know, without that, I would never be, again, where I am because I wouldn't have been riding. Um, and I think he enjoyed, like, being the owner side of it as well and seeing the horse do really well. Um, I was reserve champion at novice level at the national championships. And the girl that beat me, we sort of all year been keep competing against each other and it had gone backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and on the day the pony beat me by point something so you know it would have been lovely to be national champion and to be beaten by the girl that you've had rivalry with all season and very good friends with was lovely you know if anyone's going to beat you you don't mind if your friend does it um so yeah and then sort of dad got another dressage horse and carried on once we sold the other horse so he got his horse back in the end <laughs> although now, it was a different now, one at the end of it now tell us your mum's name it's sue sue and now is she riding with you and she is she your main cheerleader um yeah she went everywhere like dad sort of drove the lorry and then i drove the lorry because if i wanted to go places mum and dad were working so you know mum comes um a lot with me when I go and groom with Simon because Simon's like a family friend now um, so she comes and supports him um, and she sort of looks after Nikki and Richard Barrett's little boy at shows so you know she's always out on the circuit not necessarily with me or you know she's with someone or generally with Milo um, looking after him so Nikki and Richard can ride and teach and things like that so yeah she's around and about and sort of up at the crack of dawn when I go and you know without that support we wouldn't be where we are so you know it's been brilliant. Now remind us how old you are Michelle? 
Um, I'm 31 now. You're so, 31. <laughs> and now you're talking about your career and onwards and upwards, of course, to the next Olympics, the next World Equestrian Games. But now, where where does your career, you think, lie now? You've become, obviously, a professional and well-established groom and now internationally recognized. You really can't get any higher than winning the FEI Groom of the Year. No, it, you know, it, it's amazing. Um, and alongside that, I have, I've just finished my Master's in Sports Psychology Alongside my freelance grooming, I'm also working two days a week in a sports psychology and um, performance consulting um, company as well. So, you know, with that that aspect of the sport as well, with the experience I've had working in sport has made like my sports psychology work a whole more lot real, so to speak, rather than looking at books. I can relate it back to competing myself and working like, as support staff with the team. So sort of looking to run the two alongside each other really so where are your where are your main aspirations michelle is it in grooming or do you want to get back into the saddle uh, as a dressage rider um no i love the grooming side of things um to be honest finances and time you know i can't afford to have another horse at the moment you know perhaps in a few years time you never know um, I love looking after them and working with the para guys is brilliant. You know, they're just lovely people to work for. The horses are lovely. You know, I just, I'm just so lucky to work where I am. I get to do all the nice, you know, the nice trips. Um, so yeah, no, you know, it's lovely. And I, you know, I think I'll carry on grooming, you know, I get a lot out of it. You know, it's lovely to see the horses first thing in the morning. You think, ah, I've got to make that look clean and tidy in about two hours. <laughs> um, and I looked after Bobby Haler's horse out at the uh, Junior and Younger Rider Europeans, and it's a grey stallion. And I must have bathed that horse about 100 times. It just loved being dirty. And I, I said to Bobby, I'm dying it. It's far easier. So, <laughs> um, you know, we have a real laugh with the riders. And, you know, to see the horses do well is brilliant. And I get so nervous when they compete. I couldn't watch Sophie's music out at uh, Kentucky because of the nerves. I was talking to the steward and I must have talked absolute rubbish. I don't know what he must have thought. I was just talking gibberish absolute gibberish um and you get emotionally involved as well because you want them to do well and you know when you hear they've won or the national anthem and leading the horses in it certainly brings a tear to your eye and you sort of have to take a deep breath and you know get control of your emotions so you know it's a real roller coaster of emotions and i love looking after them um you know they're they're a passion to me um so they're a great great team to work for you know and the horses you know the horses love you too so you know they're brilliant well i i noticed uh that you were all, you also played netball n- nationally yeah. for for the country so i'm guessing that you're you're quite how tall are you i'm not very tall i am the shortest in the i played indoor at the world cup uh this last march and i am the shortest in the team so i'm, I'm only five foot seven um, so I'm the one that runs up and down the middle of the court. You don't okay. put me in either end. <laughs> okay, well, you probably had the pleasure of meeting Caroline Rothman, who was a guest here on the yeah. show a couple of weeks ago, winning the award out there in uh, Taipei as well for an up-and-coming young rider. And I know you're standing next to her. Right? She, she, on the show, she said she was 5 foot 12. 
Yeah, she's very tall. And she had heels on as well. And I threatened her the night before. I went, please don't wear heels because I look short as it is. <laughs> um, so she was towering over me. And we got on really, really well. Um, lovely girl. And we just clicked. Um, so we had a lovely time. And, you know, we're still in touch now, um, which is lovely because, you know, I'm going to go out there for... Um, hopefully for some of her competing season because she says she doesn't like platting. Oh, there you go. So I said, fine, I'll come out and, you know, we'll work together. I'll, you know, we can practice. (laughs) Well, there's nothing like getting the FEI best groom uh, in in, in the world to come and plat your horse. Well, Caroline, (laughs) if you're listening, as I say, Caroline was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Now you've been on the show. I think you've got a good team going there and uh, she'll benefit from having the best groom in in the world to plat her horses, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, we, we did have a laugh about it. So, yeah, no, she's brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant rider, and you know she's an inspiration to some young kids out there. Um, absolutely brilliant girl. Well, talking about uh, grooms, M- Michelle, you have to mention the British Grooms Association, which is a relatively new organization. As you can yeah. tell, I'm an expat, and uh, I should just give you a little bit of background, and you probably have not heard this before, but uh, several years ago, when I was living in England, I came up as a groom myself. I started my career before I got into the media as a groom and rider. And I started an organization called NAG, National Association of Grooms. Right. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. that was yeah, the... no, I have heard of that, yes. Have you really? Well, that is the predecessor to the British Grooms Association, which now really has got some legs, hasn't it? Yeah, no, I'm very good friends with Lucy Catan, because um, when I was working with Nikki, she was working for Peter Store. So, you know, we get on really well, and we've sort of been in touch, and there's a lot of things in the pipeline that I will be working with them uh, to go with. And it's, you know, it's a brilliant organisation, um, we need more and more people to join um, to get it recognised. You know, there's, you know, there's hard-working grooms out there, and you know, the organisation's there for, you know, for guys to use it, get advice. You know, talk to Lucy, myself, or anyone they want to. If they've got questions, they've got queries. What's it all about? Want to go into it? You know, that's what they're there for. So, dropping emails, and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone in England. You know, if there's grooms abroad that want to talk about it or what find out what it's like to work in england you know drop them an email there's a lovely team um lucy's fantastic you know wants the grooms association to go for our places um you know and for grooms to be recognized is amazing um we're really lucky in britain we're not only we've we got the british grooms association whenever you go away with the team the um british equestrian federation look after you fantastically so um hopefully you know we'll get them on board as a recognised as grooms being a recognised part of um, the foundation, the federation. So you know it's all all going in the right direction, and the, the members are growing. And you know it's a brilliant organisation that grooms you know want should be using. Um, don't necessarily know it's out there. Um, it's well worth paying the subscription. You know for the advice, and it's not only. You know, there's some brilliant employers out there. There's also some that, you know, do take the mic. And it's to help the grooms that are necessary, maybe in that situation, to realise they have got rights and you don't have to work for peanuts. Um, you're not, you know, you're not going to get a six-figure sum every year. <laughs> um, you know, there is, you know, you've got rights to what you should be paid and what you shouldn't. It, a lot of it comes down to love, although, you know, you need to earn a living from it. 
Absolutely. Well said, Michelle. Well, I want to wish you best of the luck with that. And we will put a link to the uh, British Grooms Association's website on our show notes, of course, as always. And I want to that thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Michelle. And uh, now what next for you uh, this winter? Do you have a pretty quiet time over the winter? Um, I'm hoping, well, I think I'm heading up to Olympia um, over Christmas and then it sort of quietens down for a few months, a few team trainings here and there. Um, and then again, the season starts come March, April, we're off again. So, yeah, busy year next year with the Olympics and that. This is test events going on. So, yep, it's going to be a busy year. Certainly, well, lots to look forward to in England with the Olympics coming that way in 2012. Well, you said you're going to be over here in the States uh, to catch up with Caroline and Plateau horses. So maybe we can catch up with you then and have you both yeah, up back um, on the show. Yeah, we could get both of us back together and we can tell you how things are going and what we've been up to. Well, we'd look, look forward to that, uh, Michelle. Thank you so much for, for being our guest this week. No problem. Thank you very much. Well, our congratulations again to Michelle. We will uh, look forward to getting her back on the show when she comes over to the States to visit with uh, Caroline Rothman, uh, who, of course, won the uh, the other award there in uh, the FEI for our upcoming, the inspiring upcoming young rider. So uh, we're gathering quite a team here on the Dressage Radio Show, Debbie, you know, with all these young people flying around the world. And we're also going to catch up with Megan Davis. You know, she heads to uh, the Young Rider Finals. I think she's taking off next week. Yes, that's true. That's very exciting. Yeah, so we'll have to catch up with her as well. Well, we're um, going to take a short break here to hear from our friends over at Equestrian Collections. And then when we come back, we're going to see what Deb is looking forward to uh, for Christmas and also get a tip about dealing with this cold weather. <laughs> Your source for all your holiday shopping this year is EquestrianCollections.com. EquestrianCollections.com offers all the holiday gift-giving ideas that you would ever want for your wife, for your husband, for that horsey kids in your life, for your horse. You can cover them all, your farrier, your veterinarian, all the professionals in the horse world are covered as well. You can find all the gifts you'd possibly need at equestriancollections.com. And just for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network, they have offered a coupon. Just a promo. use the promo code radio show, all one word radio show, at checkout and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more. So that's coupon code radio show at checkout and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more for all of your holiday shopping needs at equestriancollections.com. Well, our thanks again to our team, uh, everyone on the team there at Equestrian Collections uh, for supporting us here on the Dressers Radio Show. Don't forget to go and do some Christmas shopping at equestriancollections.com. Well, Debbie, uh, Christmas is coming um, the geese are getting fat now. Now, obviously, we just only just got past Thanksgiving. Did you? Did you uh, eat your turkey for 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 Thanksgiving? Did you do the whole thing? Well, actually, no, I didn't cook. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we went out to um, we went out to dinner. It was Bob was supposed to make it home from a show in California with his daughter, but um, could not make it home because we had such horrific conditions to haul horses in, but he couldn't come home. So I went with my son-in-law and my son and his girlfriend, 
and Adrian and a couple of clients that are up here, and we went out to dinner right here locally to a wonderful little restaurant and had turkey dinner. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So so you're starting to get into the holiday spirit. I I mean, I'd imagine being in that much snow, it's very easy to get into the Christmas spirit, isn't it? It is. I mean, I have to say, as much as I really don't like to be in it too long, um, it is beautiful. I mean, there is no, there isn't much prettier sight than to see brand new snow on, you know, on the trees and, and, you know, just where the, there's not a track in it. And it's just so peaceful and beautiful. There is a peace, isn't there, when it, with, with deep snow. There's just a serenity. Uh, it, really yeah. is, it really is. It is beautiful. Well, Debbie, so you started thinking about Christmas. Um, do you have something on your wish list? I do. I really do want an iPad. I, I decided that <laughs> I need to We've got it out. We've got you. We've got you converted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am getting the you know the itch to get one. So I've asked Santa Claus for an iPad. Well, I, so we'll that, see if I get it. Uh, you know, I bet you with. I bet you've got a very very generous Santa Claus over there in Idaho. You know, <laughs> I, I would imagine. Uh, well, then you'll have to get into all these iPad uh, apps that, you know, our other co-hosts are talking about. You know, the, uh, Patrick Sandick and Heather Blitz, they're all over this, um, what do they call it? Angry Birds. And oh, see, don't... I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll be converted, Debbie. You will. When we get you back on the show, you'll be telling me about all these new apps you've got and Okay. All right. Well, um, we're also looking for a tip this week about how to deal with this cold weather, Deb. What, what do you? What could you tell our listeners that would be helpful? Well, I mean, I know for us, we we watch, you know, the temperatures pretty closely because we've noticed that when the barometer starts fluctuating dramatically, that's when a lot more colics happen. And um, so we, you know, we try to. Um, Stay ahead of it with extra electrolytes. Really, really like making almost soups with their um, for their grains and soaking the hay um, any way we can to keep a lot more fluids in their body because they don't like to drink a lot of water when it gets really cold. And even though the barn is heated, um, it's just I don't know what it is, but there's something about. Um, even when you're inside, you know what the weather's doing outside, and they just don't like to drink as much water. So we try really hard to stay ahead of that. Yeah, do you feed, feed tepid? Do you give them tepid water, Deb, or do you have automatic watering? It's well, we we do have both. We have an automatic water that is heated. Um, it's not hot, but the water comes out a little warm. And then we also do have buckets because there are some horses that prefer the bucket over the um, uh, water. And so we actually do keep both so the horses have their choice. We'll do it any way they want it. Just drink it. <laughs> yeah, really. Just just drink it. Now, do you find that they might be more inclined to drink water that's just tepid, just not absolutely stone cold, than they would go for very cold water? Um, there are some that do prefer that temperature, but then there are some that absolutely prefer the fresh water out of the, the hose that's a little on the cold side. 
it's very interesting how each each horse is very individual about that. Now, you, so, you're able to catch these when they when they start to show the early symptoms of colic. Then, once it gets cold and they're not moving about so much, they're not drinking as much. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like I said, most of our horses we send south for the the retired horses go south where it's a little bit warmer. But um, but it is very true; they just don't consume the the amount of water that they do normally. Um, and so we, you know, when we realize that we've got a really, like you can predict the weather forecast says we're going to get 21 below or whatever, um, two or three days before we really start to saturate their food with just in, in a lot of water, just their haze gets quite soaked and their grain, like I said, almost soup. So they almost have to slope it. Um, and, um, and then some bran mashes and, and just, you know, making sure that they have all different types of water at their, you know, leisure. Now, tell us about Brentina, Mama. Is she, you're still riding her, aren't you? I am. And, um, and it, I can't, I really need to get down to California for her because conditions now to turn her out outside have become too too harsh. Um, so she's not really getting her pasture and turnout time, which it, it makes me a little upset. She's happy as ever, but um, I do ride her um, every day um, a little bit, and then she goes on the hot walker in the afternoon. But I really, you know, I can't wait. It's just a couple weeks, and we'll be back down to California, and then she'll be able to go out in her pastures again. Wonderful. I bet she'll look forward to that. How old is she now, Deb? She is 19, coming on 20. Oh, bless her heart. But, yeah, I bet she could. Yeah. She would really appreciate the warm weather. So in a couple of weeks, you, yeah. head, you head southwest, huh? Yes. We'll, we'll be out of here probably by the 12th of December. Terrific. And then you spend the whole winter there in, in, in the sunshine, do you? Yes. Yes, we do. Hopefully it's sunshine. I know that they've had um, some quite a bit of rain and cold for themselves, actually. I've heard, but um, still better than, than what we have here. <laughs> Sounds what I can see why you're looking forward to a bit of that warmth. Well, um, I'll be heading down to some sunshine myself this week to the USDF annual symposium and convention there, and uh, I'm very privileged to be emceeing the, the gala salute and award ceremony. Looking forward to that and to the symposium there with the uh, Gary Rockwell and Lalo Four. So looking forward to uh, getting down to Jacksonville, if only just for a few days. It's just nice to get to that warmth, isn't it, Deb? It sure is. I know. I wish I was going there, but I unfortunately I've got other plans. But it it would have been nice to have a little even warmer weather than California is having right now. Oh well, you know we should give a shout out to our friend Mary Lawrence, and as you know. She took that awful fall and uh, yes. sustained a couple of fractures. She was delighted to hear from you, Debbie. I know that you left her a very Aww. kind message on the Dressage Radio Show's fan page there. And she is she is healing. She's wearing a, a neck brace, of course, and we'll be in that for a while. So, you know, being the fashion girl that she is, this is not doing much for her <laughs> style right now, but very essential. Well, you just tell her she can bling that neck brace out and, and make her feel it better. So. There you go. <laughs> Put a little bling on it. <laughs> I will tell her that because I will see her. I will see her down in Florida at the USDF 
convention this week. She's going to be there because um, she's very involved with the youth committee, Sue. So looking forward to catching up with, uh, with Mary. And uh, we will be getting you back on the show very shortly, Debbie, because, you know, we're starting this quiz series again. Oh, how fun. And so you need to find a listener, um, someone okay. who listen, you know who listens to the show, and you will pair up with that listener. There will be all kinds of questions. You know, we had so much fun with it last time, and I, you, you know the ropes. Yeah, I like to kick. It's really fun. So, yeah, and, and of course, you are actually the reigning champion. If, if we carry it through from last year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listeners, listen up. I want to make sure somebody... Uh, Somebody jumps on the bandwagon here and finds out who wants to be my partner. There you go. You heard it here. Uh, Debbie is looking for a partner to uh, to make this uh, quiz show, get the show, show back on the road. And we'll be pairing um, listeners up with our co-hosts, and they will be competing out against one another, and the winner will go forward to the next round, and so on and so on. And we're going to take this around the world as well, Debbie, you know, because we're in 43 countries now, so we really need to put our arms around all our friends around the world. And So if you want to appear um, on the Dressage Radio Show with one of our co-hosts, you just have to drop me a line or leave a message on our Facebook fan page as well. But uh, you can reach me, as always, chris at horseradionetwork.com. Or leave a voicemail, 270-803-0025. Well, I want to thank uh, Debbie, of course, for being on, our sh- on the show. We'd love to have you on the show. Debbie, oh, well, you, you'll, come, you'll have to start now um, uh, you know, getting ready for this quiz competition. So that'll probably be the next time we see you here on the show. Okay. I need a little you know, reminders <laughs> on what we might be talking about so I can study. Okay. Well, um, we, <laughs> yeah, we won't. We, we, we did a little bit like we did before. A little bit like okay. we did before, so yeah, not too many surprises, but um, yeah, right. so you'll have to remember, you know, what happened at, uh, at WEG and, and, you know, some okay. of the, the top combinations and who's doing what, and yeah, we'll just, you know, stuff that you, you were likely to know. You're the reigning champion, so it obviously was easy for you last time. <laughs> no, I think I just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deborah, we look forward to having you back on the show here, and I thank you again for joining us and don't forget to check out all the other shows here on the horse radio network i want to thank our sponsors who make the show possible of course and our backstage crew who turn the show around for us every week and jump on the facebook fan page as well because we are competing against the western radio show here on the horse radio network they have overtaken us with the number of fans but we are going to get them back so go and uh, tell everybody to join the fan page there on Facebook. And don't forget, check out all our notes on dressageradio.com. I want to thank uh, all of you for listening around the world. Um, I'll be back, of course, same time, same place. So until then, Debbie? Well, I want to thank all our listeners from around the world. And please, everyone, practice safe riding. And don't forget to fasten those chin straps. (laughs) 